Hello, you are listening to the Michigan Mausoleum, your premier source for goth and alternative culture, news, and talk in the Great Lakes area. Now, come inside and join your host, Rokus Doran. Greetings and welcome to this, the premiere episode of the Michigan Mausoleum podcast. I am your host, Rokas Doran, and uh, with me as co-host tonight is Opal. Say hello, Opal. Hello. And uh, we're uh, going to be chatting about a few things here tonight, but before we get to that, as this is the first full-length episode, I would like to go into a little bit about uh, what the podcast is going to be about and uh, how it originated, why we hope that you'll listen, like, subscribe, and all of that. Uh, The idea originally started when uh, Shannon, my partner in crime, and I were planning to restart World Goth Day. Uh, World Goth Day ran for about seven years in Lansing, uh, started off as a really is a um, kind of a, just a meetup, a, a cemetery picnic meetup, and it, just, it expanded and uh, added on a club event. Then uh, COVID sort of destroyed the momentum as it did almost everything else. It's like the world pretty much ended. <clears throat> and so after about a three-year hiatus, we decided to try and rebuild it with a new event, which was the film festival that did start this year. Uh, to, one of the challenges we faced, though, was getting the word out, um, it, a lot of the people who were regulars uh, to um, our original event kind of drifted away. So to uh, make it known what was happening, uh, we tried to find as many you know, avenues of information as we could. And um, uh, we, we looked for different kinds of either uh, programs or online programs, podcasts that we could, you know, that would reach the, the goth community in Michigan and really didn't find very much. So the idea arose to start a goth-related podcast that would not only talk about the the progress of World Goth Day and what's going to be happening about that, but also about other events and other subjects that are of interest to both the goth and also the sort of the, um, to a larger extent, the alternative culture in the Great Lakes area. So this uh, first season will... We will have guests talking about um, different things, like we'll have event coordinators. We will have a few authors, local Michigan authors, um, possibly some filmmakers, activists, or you know anyone we find or who finds us. Or sometimes it'll be just uh, myself and a co-host uh, sort of shooting the dark shit here. <clears throat> so um, this podcast is being done on Spotify, which... For right now, anyway, does not allow very much in the way of listener feedback. You can message the show, but there isn't a place for show notes. So to fill that void, we do have a Facebook group. If you go on Facebook and uh, just look up uh, the Michigan Mausoleum, you can uh, apply to you know 
reply to that group and uh, you can leave comments. If you have uh, anything that uh, anyone that you think would make a good guest or events that uh, you want us to know about so that we can tell the masses, please get on there and do that. Um, <clears throat> there are a few things coming up and this isn't uh, what I've got here isn't by any means an exhaustive list of the new and interesting things that are happening in uh, Michigan. Um, just sort of some things that are on my radar. <clears throat> First of all, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say happy birthday to Kevin Haskins, who is uh, the drummer for Bauhaus, Love and Rockets, and Tones on Tail. I'm absolutely sure Kevin Haskins is listening right now because, you know, why wouldn't he? Of course Definitely. he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's a fan of the show, even though this is our first episode. But, uh, you know, th this th that's that don't poke my bubble, okay? That's my world right now. <laughs> Kevin Haskins is a fan. So he is uh, today, as of the recording of this, July 19th, he is 63 years old today, so... Happy birthday, Kevin. Uh, <clears throat> coming up, not um, not this month, but uh, the few things that I have noticed is uh, any goths out there of a uh, certain age, like myself, uh, Gen Xers, uh, may well be familiar with the March Violets. They're, they're a great British band that have been around since the 80s. They have, uh, I've, um, I've seen them a couple of times here. I, I met um rosie garland the lead singer for uh, the march violets uh, for the first time at convergence 20 in chicago she's a very very nice very fan friendly uh, person she also happens to be a a poet and an author and a uh, teacher and uh, they the march violets has uh, has uh, just wrapped up a european tour and not long ago uh I believe earlier this month or late last month, they added some U.S. tour dates and uh, they will be coming to Detroit uh, Smalls. Uh, I'm sorry, not Smalls. Uh, they'll be coming to the Magic uh, Bag in Detroit on April the 23rd. I am going to be there for that, definitely, because they are they are one of my favorites. Uh, Smalls is uh, got uh, several coming up. Uh, one in particular that I'm a fan of is a um, is uh, a band called uh, Knox uh, Novacula. Uh, they're kind of a, um, I, I would describe their sound as kind of like a stripped down death rock and uh, really caught my ear. So those are two at least that I'm going to be going to. Uh, you've got some some uh, shows that you were planning on coming up to, uh, weren't you, Opal? Yes, I do have some. That's cool about the March Violets. I actually just listened to one of their songs like the other day and liked it. Oh, yeah, they're great and they're great in person. Awesome. Yes. So I have, um, I'm going to go see Danzig again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It'll be like the third time that I've seen him. Um, and I wasn't sure that I was going to go see him again, but he is actually playing with Twin Temple. Um, oh, they're touring together? Yes. Oh, nice. I know. It's going to be awesome. You, you got me onto Twin Temple. Yes. I, I remember you posted something on Facebook and uh, about them. And I, I had to look them up and I, I, it's just like, I, I was surprised to, to hear this. Um, their, their sound isn't really goth rock. It's, it's more of a kind of a fifties doo-wop. Yes. It, it, is that how you describe it? 
Yes, it's satanic doo-wop. <laughs> and, and that's what, what you can't, it's like you, you can't turn away from it because when, right. you, when you hear doo-wop, you expect, you know, you're kind of programmed to, to expect all this sticky, sweet, uh, romantic, heartfelt kind of, uh, kind of lyrics. And then well, you, it, they do it, have, but, sorry. <laughs> no. They do have the song Lucifer, My Love. And, you know, that is pretty sweet. It is. It is. That's the one where she she tells Lucifer that he's a much better kisser than Jesus, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, but but still, you don't ex you 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 just don't expect from the sound hearing those lyrics and and there's a you know they they don't shy away from the kitschiness and the campiness and just I have never seen them you know uh, in concert but I love listening to their music. I've seen them twice now, so this will be my third time. But the first time. Um, was when I went to go see Ghost and their set was so, so short. So it's a little Did bit Did they open for Ghost? Yeah. Okay. Um, they opened for Ghost and, oh my gosh, I don't remember. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're touring with Danzig. Do you know when they're uh, coming in or, or where? Uh, yes, I have to. I have to pull it up though. I am totally unprepared. Uh, I, I also bought tickets for, you probably know about Depeche Mode is coming to the Michigan area. I, I do know that. November. I, don't think I, can, I don't think I can afford their tickets, but I, I wish I could. I, I, I Have you heard their new album or anything off of their new album? I haven't. The, oh, they're, uh, it, it's, I'm, I think it's brilliant. I mean, I'm a big Depeche Mode fan from a long time. And, uh, you know, new music sometimes, you know, with a band, sometimes you, you kind of have a love-hate relationship with new music from a band that, you know, you really love because it's like it's a band you love, but it's like it's not the classic songs. But w with this, it just grabbed me right away. Um, yeah, I wish I could go. Hopefully I can. I'm not saying I won't. I think so. I got tickets like super far away. Um, I didn't spend a ton on them. I, I think I got the cheapest ones, and they're somewhere around like eighty to ninety dollars a piece. That's not terrible. Yeah, I, I'll be perfectly frank on a teacher's salary. It's still kind of a stretch, but you know, for Depeche Mode, maybe I'll pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Danzig is September fourteenth. And then, like I said, yeah, their Twin Temple is opening for them. And hopefully Twin Temple set is like a little bit longer than it was for the, the ghost. Do you know where they're coming? Um, it is the Masonic Temple Theater in Detroit. In Detroit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Well, so there are there's a few shows coming up if you didn't know about those i'm sure as i said there are many more i've no doubt this is just kind of what i've been noticing and, and writing down that you know like i want to be at that uh if you have more if you I have, have one a, more oh okay great <laughs> um so ghost and amana marath are touring and i'm actually gonna go to that one too oh okay is that amaranth uh like the flower? Possibly, yes. Okay. I, I might I might say it wrong. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I might be saying it wrong. I'm My husband wrong. likes them a lot. Um, I'm just mostly into ghost. So it's got something for, for each of us at that. Something concert. for everybody. Yeah. Um that one is uh, 
August 14th uh, at Pine Knob in Clarkston. Okay. Nice. Okay, so again, for our viewers, if you have anything that you think we ought to know about and should tell the masses about, uh, get on to our Facebook group, let us know. Um, something going on here locally, and by locally, I mean the Lansing area, because that's where I happen to be. There, uh, a new, our, our uh, goth night are kind of very few and far between. They sort of spring up and die quickly, but uh, we had one, a, a new one come up uh, just this last Saturday, it was at the junction, which is, I get the impression, kind of like a new bar. It used to be the green spot. And uh, um, you, Opal, your uh, significant other, I and my significant other, we all went Saturday. Um, what was your impression? Uh, at first, it was a really good time. And then it just kind of got into... Um... Uh, I guess it'd be techno-y music, right? Yeah, you. that's right. You did. You guys did get there a little bit later. Yes. I am a little bit disappointed that we didn't get there sooner, but I didn't realize that they were going to, like, switch it over to... Well, right. As far different... as I know, this was, the fir- yeah, this was the first, their first try at it, I believe. Um, for, for those of you who haven't been there, it's it was... Um, the Green Spot was kind of a like a country western bar, and when, when you go in there, it uh, it still kind of has that look, you know, like there's a fence around the dance, you know, uh, what looks like a corral fence around the dance floor, and there's a horse. And once they, it, it was pretty good musically when they like early on, as you know, like they were actually playing songs that I recognized even from back in the day, and you know that was cool. But the, I remember all I could all I could think about at first when it was hearing the music playing, and you know, some some other some people started coming in and goth garb and or in this what really looks like a country western setting it, it made me feel like i was in in a goth brooks video have you ever have you heard of that have you I ever haven't. seen it? you have not heard of goth brooks okay no. that that is if you've never experienced goth brooks it's sort of like okay it's it's like if country western music and goth music had a head-on collision a highway somewhere created this smashing mess of a mix that is completely tongue-in-cheek and uh honestly if you want to get the experience go onto youtube look up um she thinks my she thinks my tractor's sexy by goth brooks i will i will warn you you will be changed (laughs) You, you will never be exactly the same person again and you cannot unsee it but um, it's it is it is something, and that's that's sort of what I, I couldn't get that video out of you know for that song in particular out of my mind while we were in there. But um, in, in any case, the the music was fairly decent for about yeah for about until you got there, and then <laughs> it did it just sort of got a little unsy. Yeah, I mean they did play some good stuff. I'm glad that I did get they out did. there and dance for one song. I talked my husband into getting out there on the dance floor uh, for that one song because that was pretty much it. Yeah, my wife tried to get me on the dance floor, but I'm I'm just I'm such a wallflower. It's I, I it was all she could do to get me to dance at our wedding, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, in 
I'm glad they're doing a goth night and I, I do want to encourage it. And I, I will go again. I just, you know, if, uh, if I, if they were taking any feedback, I would just say, you know, let's, let's play more songs and, you know, a little bit of the, the rave is, you know, the uns, uns is fine, but let's not just do a few songs in the beginning and then just like the rest of the night that. Right. And then hopefully they don't think that, well, you know, more people got on out on the dance floor when they started to play that stuff, but it's also it just more also, people got there. Right. Yeah. More people started showing up as they do as the night progresses. Sure. More people get a little bit of alcohol into their system. And that's, you know, that's yeah. what happens. That's that is what happens. Yeah. And I wonder if they were just waiting for, you know, more people to get there before they did that. But I mean, I really that's kind of what made us leave i think was uh they were just well it wasn't just that we were it was nothing but the pulsating music but they also cranked it up really loud i mean i couldn't hear my wife and she was sitting next to me yeah it was very very loud and i'm i i admit it i'm an elder goth i'm 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 in my 50s here i'm <laughs> but uh and it, it was pretty much a younger crowd and, and you know that's you know probably affects it too but you know, come on, let, let, let's have a little more goth and a little less rave. But uh, we, w once that started happening, um, I remember you two uh, turned to us and you said, you know, like, you want to come back to our place for some absinthe and horror movies? And we just like, we, we jumped at it. Yes. So thank you, by the way. I hadn't had absinthe in a while. Uh, no problem. I knew that I could like probably lure you guys over with some absinthe with, with absinthe you know you had me yeah. at absinthe but horror movies just sweeten the deal <laughs> so now we uh oh before we get into this movie because we were going to talk about the movie the movie is um evil dead rise which came out earlier this year it's still kind of a new thing if you haven't seen it i'm going to warn you right now um well first of all if you haven't seen it what have you been doing with yourself? You know, you've been doing too much adulting. You know, there's there's blood and gore out there to be enjoyed. Uh, but um, we're, we're all, we're, we're going to be given lots of spoilers here. We're going to be talking about it. So you have been warned. <clears throat> uh, now, I think, uh, Opal, it's fair to say that you and I are uh, longtime Evil Dead fans. Yes. You know, from, from way back when Ash was a young man and... Uh, did the same, basically did the same movie twice, but the second movie is a smart ass. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> there's uh, what, what was comparing this to like the original uh, Evil Dead movies and uh, Army of Darkness and, you know, such. Uh, what was your impression? What did you think? Well, it's obviously a lot more serious. Um, not a whole lot of joking around and stuff, but I think it, like you said, while we were watching it, it's hard to get away with that. Like you can't do that without Ash. Right. Ash was definitely the tongue in cheek part of that. Uh, and he's, uh, he's, he's pretty much said now he is, uh, uh, Bruce Campbell is still involved with the series. He was uh, credited on this, both this and the 2013 evil dead movie as a, um, an, uh, I want to say not executive director, I'm going to say um, executive producer. So he is still involved with it. Did you know but, that his voice is also in it somewhere in the movie? In in the, the most recent one, Rise? Yes. Yeah. No, where was it? I watched a couple of YouTube videos like 
the other day and yeah he um was he like one of the the voice for the one of the deadites or so when they're playing the the record he's oh yeah the person that shouts something about like there there's a reason why it's called the book of the dead uh oh yeah that well, one that kind funny. of amusing line yeah well <laughs> <laughs> you know for okay so here let's let's start with some preliminary spoilers the uh if you've seen evil dead the 2013 evil dead it's very much in the same kind of vein but it's it, it um it sets the it changes the setting to los angeles and uh the there's a family like a a single uh, a mother who with three kids who's living in an apartment in a condemned building uh, you know that's about to be shut down and so you know it's a dark and stormy night in a condemned building so perfect for you know for this and apparently the building was in the past had been a bank like in decades earlier like the 20s or the 30s <clears throat> and an earthquake causes part of like the the uh, the parking ramp to cave in and the kids who are down there of course you know, go down in the hole and they find an old bank vault and they find this book that has been down there for, you know, for decades. And um, first I was wondering like, okay, so how did the ne Necronomicon get down there if in the 2000, ver you know, 13 version, you know, those characters had it. But I, I don't think it was the same book. Yeah, I don't think so. Because it didn't, it didn't look exactly the same. It didn't have a face on it. And the the record it, the, a lot of the plot is the same you know of course you've got this this book that no one in their right mind would try to open but of course they do and there are these records that speak the 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 evil prayers but on the record i think there was one of the voice and there's one of the voices there said that there were actually three texts and this was one of them so it's like there's the necronomicon there's this the this book of the dead and i guess one other so maybe that'll be oh, a future okay. movie I didn't catch that part. I thought maybe it was, you know, somebody had like copied it. Yeah, maybe. But my, I, I think it was a different book. I could be wrong. I couldn't be entirely wrong, but I think they're like three, at least three evil books. That would make sense. And of course, you know, so they're, they're playing the record and, and uh, much of the rest of the movie unfolds the way you would think it would, you know, the evil uh, prayers cause a release of the spirits and mom whose, whose little sister is coming to visit. And there's like some family tension there. Mom gets attacked by, you know, the spirit in the elevator and, you know, goes full on dead eyed. And I, I thought she was great. You know, she's, she's got fantastic. A, she had a face that you just put a little bit of, jokerish dead-eyed makeup on there and and i mean she had the perfect face for kind it. of like a sissy spacek yeah kind of and and the way she moved and everything she was it was it was really really excellent um so i think that the elevator scene did do like a fantastic job because when i got into the elevator today <laughs> for work i thought i thought about it i was like oh it was really good because, you know, walking into this elevator made me think about it. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and I almost thought because, you know, when she goes into the elevator, you're, well, she's tackled by, you know, the camera coming straight at her. You always got to wonder what they see. You know, like what, what Ash saw when she he was being chased by the, you know, right. the camera through it. But she saw something and then she gets blown back to the into the elevator and pulled, you know, the cables come down. And I almost thought we were going to get something going on that was kind of going on you know with the the tree roots oh yeah yep. you know their their version of uh kind of a 
tentacle thing. Yeah, that was definitely like a nod to it, but it, it doesn't go uh, quite as far. <laughs> no, it doesn't go that far. She just gets like kind of, you know, spread apart arms and legs and then and is possessed and goes back up and, um, you know, and proceeds to try and recruit her her family into this and the sister uh the kid's aunt is put in the position of having to defend the kids from mom or what used to be mom and um yeah it is more serious in the you know in the 2013 vein i think they did put a little bit of humor in this not quite to the degree that the old ones were right there's one scene where the mom dead-eyed is like stuck out in the hall and they're keeping her out and but there are a couple of kids and there's like the the superintendent and and like she's slaughtering them and but all you can see of it is the the sister's view through the people so it's like they're going to the left and they're going right they're going back and forth and it's it's it, it kind of reminded me of like a cracked out scooby-doo episode you know, where the, you know there was yeah. a little bit of humor there i think yeah, I thought that that scene was fantastic. Um, it was very tense. It the, was. Looking through like the little port, is that what they're called? Little portholes in like a... a little peephole or something, a, yeah. Yeah. I think a they, porthole is in a ship. They almost could have done like an entire movie just looking through that. It was so good, I thought. Yeah, that, that sounds kind of similar to, uh, what was it called? My, my uh, Carrie, my wife, was uh, kind of got me to watch a movie that it takes place entirely like through uh, video calls online. And I can't remember what it's called, but uh, the, you don't see anything that isn't on the computer screen. And you could almost do it that way with the people. Yeah. Yeah. It just made it very tense because, you know, you can't, you know, bad stuff is happening, but you only have like that small amount of space. Right. That you're able to see. And when her evil face, like, you know, when a face comes up to a peephole, it swells up and fills the screen and, you know, fills your view. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a there, there is a scene while she's still out there and she's trying to get back into the apartment. And the youngest daughter, who's like maybe like seven, eight, I want to say, you know, a little kind of a younger kid. And uh, she's trying to convince the the her daughter you know that uh you know to open up the door mom it's okay mommy's better and uh there's nothing wrong with me that a big old hug from you won't fix <laughs> you know and you're just like god no don't do this to a little kid yeah it's but, just like the um the cellar cellar door yeah like like the trap door yeah yeah from, like the first and the second there's also singing. Like There's also singing involved too, just like uh, the second one, because I think she sings to her daughter. Yeah, that's bit. right. That's how she lures her up to the door. She's singing mm-hmm. what sounds like a like a folk song or something. But uh, yeah, so not not to give too much of the ending away, I'll just say that uh, as usual, not very many people make it out, and uh, once once you become a deadite, you know you're you're not coming back. This is not the kind of demonic possession that you can be exercised from. You're, you're, you're toast. And there are, of course, uh, there's a shotgun and there's a chainsaw. And we did get a few classic lines. Oh, there was a lot of classic lines, I thought. Yeah. I kind of almost want to watch it again just so that I can, like, pick out stuff. 
But like I said, I did watch a couple of videos too. And one thing about it is that I remember is, uh, so the car that they normally have in every Evil Dead movie and a lot of yeah. Sam Raimi yeah. movies, like Spider-Man and stuff, um, it's not actually in this film, but they took the color from the car and they applied it to the chainsaw. Oh, okay. You mean they, they deliberately painted the chainsaw the color of the car? Yes. Wow, okay. Interesting. Okay. I hadn't yeah. noticed that. Of course, by the end, it's covered in blood. You can't tell what it is, but... Right, yeah. You're kind of looking elsewhere. <laughs> you are. Okay, so I guess I would... Um... I would, if I just had to give a thumbs up or thumbs down, you know, whether I think anyone should watch it, I would say definitely, you know, definitely watch it. It's, it's a worthy tribute to, to, uh, you know, the originals. It's, if you didn't like the 2013, like if you just missed the campy humor too much, you know, you won't find that as much in this either. But, uh, I, I still think that, uh, you know, just the, the outrageousness and the gore, you, you know, pays enough tribute to it, and I would call it worth watching. What would uh, what would you say? Um, I definitely give it a thumbs up. Um, going into it, I had the whole like, you know, barrier of like uh, can't be as cool as the original. <laughs> um, but I came out of it really enjoying it a lot. I liked a lot of the changes, like the where it takes place and stuff but um then just all the bits and pieces that are so much like the originals that it was able to incorporate but take but putting it in a totally different you know location location thanks <laughs> i can't words right now yeah you know, speaking of location it's still uh, apparently it's still all being filmed in new zealand like uh, the uh, did, did you watch any of the series uh, uh ash versus evil dead I actually didn't. That that's worth it. To, Is it? I mean, yeah. It, it if you still if, if you're hungering for the ash element and you know the 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 smart assiness and the humor, it's definitely worth it. Once that that show wasn't filmed, it took place mostly in the U.S., but it, it was filmed in New Zealand, and I think the company that's got the production rights is still there. And so the the 2013 film and this one were also filmed there, but. Um, yeah, just another little tidbit of information, I guess, on it. I really did like all the gore in this one, too. And there's like a nod to um, The Shining in this one. Oh, I would call it more of a, more than a nod. That was, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's a, <clears throat> I'm not going to say anything, bloody elevator. <laughs> okay, did you, so how did you feel about like the whole, um, the whole idea of being is this too provocative or whatever, but I think I feel like the whole idea around the movie was like being forced into motherhood or like parenthood. I feel like that that's what they were really trying to like push for. Yeah, there was that. Uh, that was that was an underrunning element through the whole thing. The um, the the sister. Well, okay. First, you got the single mom, and she's got three kids raising on her own, and you know, there's a deadbeat dad who doesn't want anything to do with them, and the sister, she's um, she she works for a rock band uh, as a 
guitar technician and uh, apparently she's just gotten pregnant and she's coming home at a, probably the worst possible time to talk to her sister about her pregnancy. So yeah, there's motherhood is certainly there. There's a lot of like the kids as they're being overtaken by, you know, the, the demons, they make little references to her being pregnant or, you know, it's like, uh, I hate having creepy crawlies in my tummy, auntie. Do you like things in your tummy? You know, that was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely there. You're right. And I think it plays off on a lot of like uh, motherhood fears. Yes. Fears of being yeah. a mother, fears of giving birth, and fears, I guess, of them being overtaken by demons. Right. Yeah. Stuff that people like don't like to talk about. And at first I was like, this is like way too heavy for this, but I, I ended up liking it a lot. Hello, this is Rokas Doran. Welcome to my conversation with Abby Hunter and Katrina Peshka. Did I say those correctly? Yep. Okay. And uh, uh, Abby and Katrina, are you are both board members for Goth Grand Rapids. And um, that's, that's basically like the vampiric council. You enforce dark laws and, and everyone's afraid of you, right? <laughs> well, that would be a lot more awesome. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, well, then, then if I've got that wrong, please tell me what um, what Goth Grand Rapids is, uh, how you got together on it, and uh, what you do. Well, uh, Goth Grand Rapids is a events uh, collective, I believe we would be called. Uh, we're based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're especially based out of the Harris Building um, and Little Space Studios, which is on Division Avenue in Grand Rapids. And we throw goth events. Uh, we started with our first event, which was a goth prom back in February. And you know, we just want to be a place where people can be themselves. You can wear what you want. You can uh, dance to music that you don't normally hear around these parts. You can, uh, you know, just be goth and be goth in community. And I think you just answered what was going to be my next question. You just started this year. Correct. Well, I mean, it took us a good nine months to plan Goth Prom, so it technically sure. started last year, but we made our debut with Goth Prom, I believe it was February 18th of this year. Okay. And uh, has uh, Goth Prom been your only event so far, or have you done so far? So far, okay. Yep. Now, I, I know you've had, or at least I've I've uh, heard from you what uh, some of your plans were. You wanted to organize uh, a couple of other events, including a camping a camping event. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, unfortunately, we did have to cancel the camping event. We had grand ideas. We were going to be showing horror movies under the stars. Uh, we were going to have a drag show with Beauty Beyond Drag Productions, who is a fantastic Grand Rapids drag uh, drag show producer uh, company that absolutely everybody should be checking out. Um, but they were going to be doing a drag show for us. We were going to have a goth glow dance. We were, and we had a whole campground booked for this uh, up around Nuego and uh, plans fell through. Uh, you know, people couldn't get those weekends off and it just didn't work out. So uh, that is something that we might revisit in the future, but right now we're really focusing on our plans for the Halloween season. We've got some awesome stuff coming up there. Well, Tell us about that. What uh, what do you have coming up in Halloween? 
we're working on two events. Uh, the first is our own film festival. We are working with a local theater uh, to do a triple feature, as well as share some local films, local horror films, and some panels. We have October 21st blocked off for that. And we are also working on a 21 plus version of our goth prom. So we're calling it the Cabaret du Mortel. We are working again with Beauty Beyond Drag Productions. We're working with burlesque performers. Uh, we're working with shibari performers. We're working with pole performers. I mean, we've got all kinds of things to go into this amazing goth themed show that we're going to be doing on October 27th uh, here in Grand Rapids. And where will both of those be? Are they in the same location? They're not in the same location uh, because we haven't actually, the, the contract has been delayed over the holidays. Uh, so we haven't signed the contract yet. So we can't tell you exactly where the film festival is going to be, but it will be within Grand Rapids. Uh, as for the uh, Cabaret du Mortel, we are working with the Harris Building. So again, uh, downtown on Division Avenue, it's this beautiful event venue and a historic building. And it, it cannot be a better backdrop for an amazing goth formal event. Great. So let's back up a little bit. The, uh, the, the first prom, the first event that you did, and let's, um, let's bring Abby in here. You're being kind of quiet. Uh, how did that get started? Who, I mean, who did you basically market that to? Just tell us about that. How did it go? How did it get started and how did it work out? So I think what initially got us started on making this goth prom happen was uh, Katrina originally started doing tarot readings in my cafe but we'd always like get together and like talk about some cool stuff that we could do in Grand Rapids as far as like weird goth kids could go. Um, and then we eventually landed on getting this goth prom started, but we didn't want to just close it off to, you know, kids who are in high school and kind of missed out on being included in a funky prom that suited their weirdness. So we made it more of a, inclusive i think it was the cutoff age was what 14 15 katrina it was 14 yeah it was uh, freshman up yeah so we just wanted to include everybody that might have missed out um and just kind of a little bit of a nostalgia but you know just make it for everybody now, how was the attendance how did that work out oh we sold Mind out <laughs> <laughs> and where where did you do this did, was this in your building or uh where did it happen? Same building. This was also at the Harris Building Little Space Studio, our cafe, which is also included in that mix, too. So we, it was uh, the lower level and then the, the main floor. So we had we took over two floors with this goth prom. Wow. Nice. Now, you're uh, planning another one as the uh, the I guess I'd call it the adult prom. Yeah. Cabaret du Mortel. Cabaret du Mortel. Will that and that'll be in the same building, I assume. And uh, is that twenty-one and up? Yes, that is definitely twenty-one and up. Uh, definitely some some mature things <laughs> occurring during that event. Well, you've got my attention. I may I may definitely want to. I don't make it out to Kalamazoo. Uh, I'm sorry to Grand Kalamazoo. I'm sorry, Grand Rapids. <laughs> excuse me. Very often, I do. I'm a I'm a um, high school science teacher and sometimes they do send me out that way for you know, different kinds of professional training but if i had known you had a cafe like this i would have grabbed some of you know the people i was at the training with and said 
brought him in and said, let's, let's soak up some dark atmosphere. But uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I may have to make this prom. And while we're on the subject of your cafe, um, how long have you been doing that? And uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about the Mortals Cafe. Oh, yeah. Um, well, as far as how long I've been doing it, I believe I'm at the official two-year mark as of July. Yeah. Um, but what got me started on wanting to do a an actual death cafe cafe is um, I learned about death cafes back when I was in college. I My original plan was to be a mortician, but I think I just landed on the arts instead. But I recognize that our culture is just absolutely terrible when it comes to talking about death um and that's where death cafes come in they were established um with probably within the past decade or so um and it's just really a social construct where people gather at libraries or someone's house or in an actual coffee shop and just simply talk about death mortality dying everybody does it and there's like really no leaders. It's just a casual gathering. Um, so I wanted to take that concept and incorporate it into an actual brick and mortar location where there's, yeah, there's coffee, tea, pastries, but there's just these subtle, you know, environments uh, where it gets you thinking about death. And um, a lot of our resources online uh, for people who just want to dig into their own mortality a little bit more. Um, maybe they want to find like a local doula um, or like figure out what hospices are around. Um, but yeah, we've got everything from like our coffee mugs telling you, like asking a question like, well, write your epitaph or like, how do you see yourself dying? Um, <laughs> but also a lot of our events are death centric and grief centric. So that's... Right that's what we're all about do you ever have uh, entertainment there are there like local goth bands or other musicians um, coming to play from time to time or oh not yet um it's something that i would really like to do um it's just being a business owner there's a million things i'm trying to wrangle but um we're also limited being in a co-work space so we can't really be there late nights and weekends until we move okay. into our next location. But so what are your to. hours right now? Sorry, what was that? What are your hours right now? Like, uh, when can patrons come in? We are open Mondays through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Now, uh, just um, kind, of, kind of take us through. I've, as I said, I've never been there. But if I were walking through the door, what am I going to see? What am I going to hear? What's the atmosphere like? The atmosphere is pretty calm and industrial, just being in an old historical building. Um, but once you enter our space, you, you'll walk down this long hallway. Um, and our space is actually pretty peaceful for being very centered around death. I didn't want to have anything too dark and morbid and have like skulls everywhere and red and black velvet everywhere. Um, I know that's like the gothic allure. But right. um, no, it's, it's very much so cycle of life. Um, there's really big, bright windows that let in a lot of sunlight. There's plants everywhere. Um, and it's kind of like Where's Waldo, where you just start to see death tucked into these little spaces. And then it's like, oh, like, here's a little quote about death. Or, you know, here's this skull 
in this little planter and then there's a little mini headstone or little conversation pieces yeah little conversation pieces um even our i always have the death deck on our coffee table around our cozy couches and you know i'll see guests come in and start playing that game nice now um i heard that this building uh, in decades past housed a secret society um i don't know how secret society it was it was the knights of pythias that that sounds pretty secret society ish yeah it was uh (laughs) like a post-war veterans hangout club okay um, but it was, it was probably a little bit more secret than, you know, your average VFW. Right. It's, it's still, I, I, I'm still awarding you goth points for that. Yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah, there was, so I believe there, the Knights of Pythias was on the second floor and then above them was the brothel slash oh. speakeasy. Okay. That definitely gets, it gets you at least cool points. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot happening in this space back in the day. I'm definitely intrigued. Um, now with um, with the board, with the Grand Rapids Goth board, uh, you said you're you're planning the, um, uh, the the next prom, also possibly a camping event. Do you have uh, Do you have any other ideas on the table or something that we could look forward to? Oh gosh, Katrina, I feel like we've had so many wild ideas over the the past year we do have a ceremony expert who is working on our new year's eve party and that's all i can really say about that right now okay (laughs) uh but that is that is definitely going to be an event as well and it's one you do not want to miss you know when you were telling me about the uh, the difficulties you had with camping i mean a lot of events right now are having trouble just because people are still very you know are very spooked because of covid yeah which you know is understandable because it, there was a lot of starts and stops with covid and with um like we just restarted world goth day uh, this year you know back in may doing a film festival which is something new for us we had not done a film festival prior to that it had been <clears throat> a cemetery picnic followed by a club event but um you know still the you know for for a restart you know i'm, I'm glad we got as many people as we did but it still was a fairly small in number and, and that's something that's just going to happen but something that did occur to me given that this is your camping event, you know, that's sort of an outside event. Had you thought about maybe starting it a little bit less formally? Like when we first started, like more than 10 years ago, we started Goth Day and it was just, it was basically just a meetup in a cemetery. It was, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of things planned with it. I just advertised it as much as possible. I said, we're going to be at the cemetery, bring food, we'll have a good time. And it was very small at first and it just sort of snowballed from there. You know, had you thought about maybe doing the camping event that way? Honestly, I think that we came into this with gigantic ideas and we're now in the process of seeing what actually works and sizing down to what actually works. So yeah, I would love to do a cemetery picnic uh, and Ooh, that's same. definitely something that we can talk about planning even very quickly. Um, I, I will warn you that um, after about three years and that we picked up a stalker. Oh, there's, well, there, there's, I'm not going to mention any names, but there is a, 
there, there was someone from a, a perfectly legit um, that the organization was a, um, a like a, a, a history of Lansing cemeteries or a care of Lansing cemeteries. And, and they do good work as far as, you know, preserving um, headstones and things like that. But one particular person there, she decided that I don't know what she thought we were doing. She, she saw us online and she figured these people are sacrificing babies in the cemetery and she made it her life's mission to follow us to everything and try and get us kicked out. But um, aside from her, actually, the, it was really a very positive uh, experience and it got bigger and bigger and we had a lot of fun with it. That sounds amazing. Okay, so, well, um, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we wrap up? Ooh, nothing I could think of. Me either. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, you both joining. And uh, once again, uh, this has been uh, Abby Hunter and uh, Katrina Pesca with the Goth Grand Rapids Board. And um, I, I think you'll, you will definitely see me at some of your events in the future, at least. Excellent. Fantastic. All yeah. Right. Thank you very much. This has been the Michigan Mausoleum. I've been Roka Doran, your host. My thanks to Opal, this episode's co-host, and to my special guests, Katrina Peshka and Abby Hunter of Grand Rapids Goth. Our intro was done by Miranda Guthrie. The Michigan Mausoleum is a World Goth Day Mid-Michigan production. I hope you'll tune in next time for more of what's going on in the dark corners of the Great Lakes area. Until then, keep to the shadows. The Michigan Mausoleum is presented by World Goth Day Mid-Michigan and the team that brought you Convergence 24.